Hey everyone, it's Jonathan and welcome back to Every Version Ever. Today we are covering the 1999 direct-to-video sequel to the 1996 Jonathan Taylor Thomas version of Pinocchio, and there is no Jonathan Taylor Thomas in sight. In fact, aside from Martin Landau as Geppetto and Udo Kier returning as Lorenzini's widow, I don't think there is a single other returning actor from the first film. I suppose it makes sense, Jonathan Taylor Thomas was already a teenager by the time the first film came out, and he'd have been 18 in 1999, but even so, the first film was not a success, so why they made this direct-to-video sequel without the 90s teen heartthrob they were likely banking on for the original, or most of the other actors for that matter, I have no idea. Back for this episode are Katie Fabric and Nikki from Trivial Theater, and this movie was one of the main reasons they joined me for this whole project, both episodes. Like, a direct-to-video sequel to a movie with almost no returning actors, a considerable downgrade in special effects, and a plot that they seem to be making up as they went? This thing is obviously the perfect trivial theater collab, and Katie was definitely on board too. This movie is a confusing mishmash of weird plot ideas that seem to have mostly been made up at random. None of this movie was from the book, though by the end of the 1996 film, they were kind of just doing their own thing anyway, so I guess this is a natural continuation of that. Either way, this movie is definitely worth covering, and even though it absolutely did not need to exist, I had so much fun talking about it with Nikki and Katie. So, the new adventures of uh, Pinocchio. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yes. <laughs> Wow. They really are new adventures. <laughs> but are they? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's funny because I um got confused which one was first. And so I started this one. I'm like, this is weird. This is a weird way of like starting the first movie. What's going on? And then I'm just like, oh, wait, I'm watching the sequel. <laughs> so I had to go. I had to stop it, go back. And then I'm just like, do I want to watch the first like 10 minutes again? And I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I just picked it back up. That was a smart move. Which is funny because I watched the first, oh, like half hour of the Polly Shore one twice. Oh no! I was because I was watching it by myself, and I'm like, I could not get through this movie by myself. I need like my Tom Servo. So I grabbed my sister, and we just like riffed it the entire time, so I could actually make my way through it. Nice. But. Like this movie, I was just like, I have, I can't do that today. So I'm just not <laughs> going. <laughs> yeah. Between the, like, having not seen this, I just read a brief synopsis. And then having watched the Polly Shore one, I think I assumed that that one maybe had some basis in the book and that this one was based on whatever part of the book that that one was based on. But now having, <laughs> read the book neither one of them had anything to do with the book there's no circus <laughs> or carnival that pinocchio worked at well see the issue is is that you're comparing the new adventures to pinocchio which is obviously based off of fiction when the Polly shore one was the true story <laughs> exactly exactly so, <laughs> that was your first mistake <laughs> your second one was watching the Polly shore one period <laughs> Uh, yeah <laughs> yeah no, although I'll, I'll, this... I'll, the cgi of of uh of pepe in this i'm actually pretty sure was worse than anything that um Polly shore's pinocchio gave us <laughs> yeah, yeah no when he finally turns into cgi in this one it was like this is a significant downgrade from even the first movie I got mad. <laughs> this is like bad. Like, I don't know if you're familiar with like when I was a kid, we used to get a magazine from a place called Christian book distributors. And we like, I always look forward to the CBD magazine coming because it had all the stuff that we would never buy, but it had all these videotapes that I would like, it was like in the realm of veggie tales, but it was not veggie tales. <laughs> so you're saying things... it's a ripoff of the ripoff of veggie tales? Something like that. And this, the, he reminded me of whatever would be in those really bad, low budget Christian CGI movies because they always like start some kind of a weird talking bug or something. And he was like <laughs> that level of bad CGI. 
I felt bad that Warwick Davis had to had to voice. Right? That. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right? truly. Like, our, it happened, and like he transforms into Pepe, and I'm like, if you're going to hire Warwick Davis, why would you transform him into a horrible CGI cricket? Like, why would you do this? Exactly. I was having fun with Warwick Davis whenever he showed up. That was like. I was just happy to see him, but now I can't even do that. <laughs> Luckily, and the thing is, he there wasn't even a good reason for him to be there. There's no reason, like, he couldn't say, you know, you know, people call me whatever they call me, but uh, my close friends call me Pepe. I mean, they could have just left it at that. Yeah. They could have, yeah. I think they probably just did it because in the at the end of the movie, the cricket said he was stuck with him. So they were like, well, we set a precedent. We better bring him back. <laughs> but then they didn't bring back Geppetto's girlfriend slash maybe wife. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't even recast her. Like, they nope. recast Pepe. Again, it's her happy ending. But, like, what? They didn't, I don't think they even addressed it. She got one throwaway line. And I don't think that even even talked about where she was. It was just basically her love brought Pinocchio to life or her and Geppetto's love, which doesn't even make sense having seen the first movie because he carved the heart when he loved her and she didn't know about it and married his brother. Yeah. <laughs> so <it's> not, <laughs> like this movie feels like its own thing, even though there's a couple of actors that reprise their roles. This movie feels like its own thing. It does not feel like a sequel to the first movie at all. This felt very much like either an after-school special or like just some kind of a weird TV movie. Yeah. Well, it was a direct-to-video knockoff sequel. Ah, so <laughs> there you go. That 100% explains it. Like it felt like, I don't know. It was just like something you'd see on like a Tuesday night on, I don't know, ABC or whatever, because they didn't, they needed to fill time. I'm not even sure why this movie exists, because from what I've read, the first movie wasn't even a success. No. So why did they feel the need to make a sequel to it? Unless it was... My only thought is that it was sort of during the era where Disney was doing their direct-to-video sequels, and maybe somebody who was involved with the first movie thought, well, let's do that too, we'll make a direct-to-video sequel to our movie. They're like, we still got budget from the last movie. Yeah, exactly. Use it over here. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I, I cannot figure out why this movie exists. Uh, there's nothing on Wikipedia about it. I mean, not that it would specifically, but um, yeah. And it, it happens three years later, which, I mean, that's not the longest time ever, but... It doesn't feel... Oh, you mean like... 1996 to 1999 i thought you meant three years later in oh no the realm of the movie (laughs) like it doesn't it feels like this is well i mean pinocchio himself looks much younger (laughs) than he did in the first (laughs) one (laughs) i mean he looks like an actual 12 year old yeah which i guess makes sense since apparently jonathan taylor thomas was a teenager (laughs) and he's wasn't supposed to be (laughs) yeah i don't know the only thing that I, the only other explanation that I thought of was maybe like VHS tapes of the first one sold well enough that they were like, let's make another VHS tape. That's possible. <laughs> you see, when when a when a movie producer and a studio love each other very very much, they look at each other and say, you know that kind of failed Pinocchio movie we did a couple of years ago. <laughs> I'm feeling nostalgic. Let's let's make a let's make a VHS direct to video sequel thing or something. To me it would be more like if a studio and a production company love money very very much. Very true. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's not a whole lot of information available on the making of this movie. I didn't even know it existed until I decided I wanted to do the original one with Jonathan Dan Thomas. The first I'd heard of it was when I looked at the Wikipedia page and it said a sequel had been made. And I was like, what? How did I not hear of this? Well, probably because it didn't do very well. (laughs) (laughs) It's probably just died. Like, I don't know that it was 
it probably was never re-released. I don't know that it's available for streaming anywhere. Like, I think we had to find it on YouTube to watch it. So. Yeah, and it's a crappy version on YouTube. It's like, and I'm sure it's probably just because it's a VHS transfer, but the the quality of the transfer is not uh, what you'd call great. <laughs> yeah. There was some uh, skipping, too. Like, I could tell that it, like, jumped ahead a little bit, but not, like, a significant amount. It was just, like, they were halfway through a sentence and then it, like, skipped to the end of the sentence. <laughs> Oh, you you can let's see here. You can actually find um you can find a VHS for fourteen dollars on Amazon, or you can find the DVD for thirty one bucks. Oh, it it was it made it to DVD. Yeah, two thousand three, <laughs> which would wow. have only been four years after, and that was probably pretty early on to to do that. So yeah, so there you go. Okay. <laughs> Most of the roles in this movie have been completely recast. The only returning people, I think, are Martin Landau and Udo Kier. I what? Think no, everybody he played. Else... That was the wife, right? It was. It was very. It was a big surprise. <laughs> <laughs> well, the actor came back anyway. Yeah. Well, you know, they say if you live with someone long enough, you start to look like them. So yeah. we'll, just, we'll just go with that. I, I, until things are revealed later, I wasn't sure what they were going for with them because <laughs> nobody recognized Madame Flambeau. Like, yeah, I, I, I don't even know how they thought that this was a, something that made sense because Lorenzini is a very well-known person and nobody knew that he had a wife. <laughs> Like, everyone is surprised that this is his wife. And she looks exactly like him, so nobody thought something was weird. Plus, there's the scene where you see her from the back putting on a face, and I was like, this is before anything is revealed. I was like, so if she puts on a... Is she purposely trying to look like her dead husband? (laughs) Like, this is all kinds of messed up, lady. That's that's hilarious. <laughs> well, let's be honest. I mean, people looked at a wooden boy walking down the middle of a very busy market and thought literally nothing of it by and large. So, yes, you know, the, it was one of those things where it was like, this makes no sense. I'm just going to go with it. Yeah. In the words of MST3K, just repeat to yourself. It's just a show. We should probably just relax. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And another thing that is different is since it's no longer Jonathan Taylor Thomas, Pinocchio has a British accent now. <laughs> Everybody does, which is yeah. Oh, we're in the middle of Italy. Hey, yeah. British accents. <laughs> when you live in Italy long enough, you get a British accent. <laughs> Interesting. So they're so Italian for so long, it turns British. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Cool. Sounds legit. I'm sorry if that's <laughs> offensive. It was just a joke. <laughs> I think you're okay. <laughs> okay, so one of the things that I noticed about this was, even though, like I said, this movie has nothing to do with the book, one of the things that it seems like they're trying to do is make Pinocchio like the puppet that he was in the book. Like, he's not as bad as he was as a puppet, but... He has a line at the beginning where he says, life is about doing the least amount of work for the most amount of money. And that is basically something that the puppet Pinocchio would have said in the book, because his whole thing was he didn't want to work. He wanted to be lazy his whole life. He just wanted to have fun and never work. So it's like they're working him backwards, because in the first movie, he's not necessarily bad. He's just kind of naive. (laughs) But now they're kind of making him sort of bad like they never make him full-on bad but he's kind of i don't know you wouldn't exactly say that this attitude is greedy but it's kind of he's a bad boy (laughs) almost yeah it's it's like like i said it's kind of like they're working his character backwards from where he should have been after he turns human he's supposed to be a better kid and now he's just he wants to be lazy and not work it's all about enterprise. Exactly. Yeah. It just seemed kind of a weird direction to take the story. I mean, this whole movie is a weird direction <laughs> to take the story. <laughs> but yeah, I don't feel specifically. I think the weird direction started when they made this movie. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Very true. Very true. 
I would say too, I, I do think that like you look at so think like Ferris and regarded this is you know, ten years past Ferris Bueller, but I do think there was still some of that kind of attitude towards like boys of a certain age. You know, you're kinda always hustling and you know, you're kinda pulling the whole like Ferris Bueller or, you know, like that whole type of person, you know, like the cool kid who, you know, doesn't have to work and, you know, make other people do what they need to do, but he still, you know, end of the day, you know, talks to the camera, does all that kind of stuff. I kind of got the feeling that's what they were going for with this character out of the gate. Okay. To some extent. I guess that makes about as much sense as anything else <laughs> that they did. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm trying to think of other examples because there were quite a few characters of that age that or that decade of movies that kind of did it. Coming up blank, but I know that there's others. Yeah. Like, they're not bad, but they're kind of like schemy and kind of like not morally ambiguous per se, but just like, you know what? I know what I need to do. I want to have fun. You know, let's do this. You're only young once etc yeah but yeah he's now bffs with lampwick because lampwick was not permanently donkeyfied he's now human again and they go to a fair together like i think they skip school that day i don't think they mean to they like i wasn't sure what they were going for with this because they like go to the fair and then they realize it's like almost night so i don't know if there was like a time warp or if they just lost track of time or what but they go to the fair at this first scene here, and you meet Warwick Davis as a carnival barker. <laughs> He's just a carnival barker and nothing else. Of course not. And you have Felidae and Volpe back again, except they're no longer fox and cat. They're fox and cat human hybrids. I'm not sure why. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know how this magic works. Like, how did they sort of turn back but not quite maybe they've done a few good deeds <laughs> that's the only thing i could think of like maybe they did a good deed and helped a couple people and got enough to turn kind of back to human but not enough i don't know they tried to do the same thing as pinocchio they followed his like way of doing things and it just didn't quite work as well for them as it did for him it could be yeah I don't know. Either way, they are partially animal, and that's fine. <laughs> I kind of like them. I just thought they had fancy face paint. <laughs> I, I mean, if they're going to do this kind of thing, I think they did it well. Like, it's better than the CGI. Yeah. <laughs> I, I cut, of all of the different special effects that they did in this movie, I liked them the best. <laughs> <laughs> so this carnival is owned by Madame Flambeau, who you later find out is Lorenzini's widow, uh, allegedly, and she has a miracle cure for anything. She has this guy who has an uneven leg that she grows back with his miracle elixir. But you later see this guy, like, working for her, so it's fake. But this elixir also is real, sort of. I'm not sure exactly what they're intending I think that they're, like, you also see, like, this tank of fish, so I think she's also turning people into fish. But I'm not sure exactly, like, this is, not to get too far ahead, but this elixir has a basis of the magic donkey water. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, why fish? <laughs> like, it's supposed to, like, reveal your true nature, so why is everyone in town turning into fish? <laughs> Probably because there's... I, I I would assume because she gets tired of them and then pops them in there and then she has a, you know, raw food diet. So, you know, she, she eats them. Yeah. But I mean, like, why do they initially turn into fish? No, I think that they turn into other stuff and then turn into fish. Like, um, I mean, do you mind if I break it? Lampwick turns back into a donkey and then he gets dunked in the tank and turns into a sea donkey. That's true. I think it's a case of like, it's kind of like a, Maybe not like a three strikes and you're out thing, but... I I guess that's true, because you don't actually see him turn into anything, but you later find him as a sea donkey in this tank. So maybe he did turn back into a donkey when he took the elixir, and then was thrown in there and turned into a creepy donkey seahorse hybrid. <laughs> yeah, CGI thing. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was a puppet, 
and it was horrifying. It was. It was very much like <laughs> I don't even know. It, yeah, I thought it was, it was some kind of cursed kangaroo. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a really good band name. <laughs> Actually, kind of what cursed kangaroo. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, anyways, speaking of these fish, they are part of this Hall of Freaks that's also at this carnival. There's all kinds of weird people, some of whom aren't, they're like sort of weird, but not, I mean, that's kind of par for the course with old-timey carnivals. <laughs> but <laughs> you have this guy who is like freezing cold, but he blows fire, which I assumed was something to do with how Lorenzini blew fire with... <laughs> his peppers i don't know there was also a clown who couldn't wash his makeup off (laughs) and that was really odd i don't know (laughs) i did think it was interesting though that this clown is dressed like a lot of illustrations of pinocchio are dressed like old old illustrations of pinocchio like it was that kind of outfit so i think that that's what they were going for with the clown but i don't know why he couldn't wash his makeup off or why that made him a freak well, you know, it didn't take much. You could be like slightly tall and they'd look at you like you were a freak. Yeah. Like, oh, you're six foot two. <laughs> or the bearded lady, which they also have one of those here. Yeah. And this is down the way a bit, but you kind of pulled the Mr. Creosote from uh, Monty Python. She's sitting there eating, and then all of a sudden you hear her explode. Yeah. the. <laughs> I guess we could talk about that now. I'll skip it later because it's not part of anything in. Like, it's not part of the point of the story. But I was watching that scene, and I was like, you know, if this were real, I would, like, feel so bad for her because this carnival is basically exploiting her and killing her slowly. Like, because they're feeding her all this food. I mean, she's kind of happily eating it. But, like, they're exploiting her and killing her slowly. And then a few seconds later, she explodes. I was like, oh, well, that happened quicker than I thought it was going to and I mean that's kind of it's kind of horrifying, but like Pinocchio the book is horrifying. And even though this isn't from the book, I mean it goes it's less horrifying than some of the stuff in the book. So <laughs> <laughs> And also in the Hall of Freaks, Pinocchio finds a girl with blue hair, but only Pinocchio can see her. Nobody else can. And this is another thing that is sorta of from the book, but not exactly, because this is the blue fairy or the fairy with the blue hair or azure hair or however you want to say it, depending on which version you've read. So this is a character from the book, but used in a completely different context, which I kind of liked because in the first movie, you didn't have this character at all. So I'm kind of glad that they brought her in for the sequel, even though she's used in a different way. And in the book, it wasn't like Pinocchio was the only one could see her. Everyone could see her. Mm-hmm. She wasn't invisible. So I'm not sure why they did that, but it's fine. She also spoke in rhyme most of the time. Yeah. But then, like, she would just stop at times. And I'm just like, she, she's, <laughs> she's one of those characters where, like, she kind of infuriatingly only speaks in riddles. <laughs> Basically, for the plot. Like, to give the, the character something to solve. <laughs> like, she could have told him what he needed to know. But instead, she's going to be cryptic and disappear. Well, and it's not like the the, the, the um, rhymes made no damn sense. No, they did not. Not at all. <laughs> they not, really... They, they, they only rhyme- made sense when he got to the place where she was talking about it. was like, oh, yeah, I guess that's what she was talking about. Right. They're <laughs> on par with, like, the, the rhymes that came out of, you know, Batman 1966. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what comes up in the morning and shines really bright? Um, the sun. Well, that <laughs> makes more sense than this. So. Yeah, that's true. But something small, but super dangerous. Aha, uh-huh, a canary with a shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> that one's like my favorite. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Holy metal, Batman. What? I mean, this this metal, it's really rusty. <laughs> oh, no. The <laughs> shotgun. Oh, God. <laughs> Random tangents, I tell you. <laughs> I mean, it was sort of based on something, so <laughs> I guess it's yeah. par for the course. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but they get kicked out of the carnival eventually, and at some point when they're getting kicked out, somebody calls the dwarf 
insect. And I, I don't think he had a name before you find out, like, he's Pepe. <laughs> Warwick Davis. Like, most of the time I just wrote Warwick Davis because I didn't know if the dwarf was given a name. He was not. No. I, so, yeah, I'm going to try and remember to replace from my notes either dwarf or Warwick Davis with Pepe because, yes, this is Pepe. For some oh. reason, in human form, I don't really know why. <laughs> I think it was tw- supposed to be a shocking reveal. It's such a twist. Yeah, what the twist? <laughs> but they somehow realize that it's like basically the end of the day. So, like I said, I don't know if they were in a time warp or what. It was not clear. They get home and Geppetto is now very sick. I think the doctor says he's exhausted himself. I mean, and... I'm just going to say it, but I think he was pretty sick in the first movie too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the doctor's the doctor basically says he, he's almost done for unless Pinocchio can come up with the fountain of youth which okay and at this point I mean spoilers for the book but at the end of the book when Pinocchio becomes human Geppetto turns young again so I thought that's where <laughs> this was going I was like oh so this movie is now going to be about Pinocchio on a quest for the fountain of youth <laughs> And I thought, okay, well, then maybe they're going to take more from the book than I thought they were going to. But no, they didn't. Uh, I don't know why he said they needed the Fountain of Youth, because that's not what they get. (laughs) Bold of you to assume that they would have more than, like, three sets. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I know when when Geppetto does the things that Geppetto does, he stops having aches and pains. He says that he enjoys it. Well, instead of the Fountain of Youth... They decide they're going to go back to the carnival and get this magic elixir. And I, they're playing Pinocchio like he's supposed to be like street smart now. Why would he think that this elixir is anything but snake oil? <laughs> You'd think he'd be a little bit smarter than that. But he's not. He goes back to the carnival to buy some elixir. But Volpe and Felidae are there. And they stall them because they recognize Pinocchio. And they want him to be madame flambeau's new star and they are hoping that if they can get pinocchio for her she will reward them by making them fully human even though there's absolutely no precedent for the fact that madame flambeau follows through yeah no she double crosses people all around them and i don't know why they think that they're going to be the special ones that don't get double crossed because they're different (laughs) yeah they're also not very smart so i guess it's par for the course for them true and their new incarnation is no smarter than the old one no so they take pinocchio to her and she acts like they don't have enough money for the elixir they need to agree to work for her in order to earn the elixir but first she needs to cut their hair and fingernails for some horrible reason which to me that would be like red flag red flag red flag run (laughs) run run Like, if somebody wants to be my boss, but they suddenly decide they need to cut my fingernails for me, I'm out of there. This is too freaky. (laughs) Well, you see, back in the 90s, that's how they did things. (laughs) Uh, Sure. The 1890s. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, technically, this is when that takes place. Yeah, probably. I think they did say a year, but I don't remember what it was. (laughs) So she takes their clippings back to her back room to mix up a potion which she pours into a pipe organ and plays a warped version of like beethoven's fifth or something <laughs> like apparently that's the magic that makes the elixir work i don't know <laughs> well different elixirs come out different ways like if you play chopsticks you're going to get a different elixir <laughs> than you know take me out to the ball game yeah <laughs> I don't think that they actually had any hard and fast rules for how this magic worked. I think they just did whatever they thought was a cool idea. So, pipe organ for this one. (laughs) (laughs) They just happened to have a pipe organ laying around. (laughs) So, both Pinocchio and Lampwick get elixirs, and Lampwick drinks his right away, and Pinocchio takes his home to give to Geppetto. And somehow Geppetto doesn't choke on this as he's pouring it into his mouth in his sleep. <laughs> it's like, this is a recipe for death here. And then the next morning, Pinocchio finds that his father is now a puppet. 
which he doesn't even seem to notice, even though he's like two feet tall. (laughs) (laughs) He's just wandering around like normal, even though you see him in a long shot and he's like drowning in his nightgown. Like, how is he not tripping on this nightgown as he's just toddling around the apartment? (laughs) He hasn't had his coffee yet. (laughs) Okay. When he finally does realize, he assumes that he's died, and he thinks that his being turned into a puppet is his punishment or reward, <laughs> <laughs> which that made me laugh. <laughs> he kind of does that throughout, though. He tends to be pretty cheeky. <laughs> I did kind of like Pin- the Pinocchio version of Geppetto. <laughs> I-, I I think I actually liked the design of puppet Geppetto better than puppet Pinocchio. He was kind of cute. It was the glasses. Probably. (laughs) Probably. So Madame Flambeau shows up and reveals herself to be Lorenzini's widow, which nobody knew that he was even married. And she's furious that Pinocchio is not a puppet, but she takes them both to work for her anyway. And they're forced to dance under threat of being burned alive, which... (laughs) Seems to be a thing in the Lorenzini family. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I know when in doubt. It's a classic threat, you know, make it, if it works, go for it. When in doubt, force everyone to do your bidding by threatening to burn them alive. Absolutely. That was my family's motto. (laughs) (laughs) And during their performance, a girl appears on a trapeze. It's the girl from the freak show, and she gives Pinocchio another riddle and disappears. She says, go to the beginning to get to the end to learn what is real and what is pretend. Like, how are you supposed to get anything out of that sentence? (laughs) Geppetto is being kept in a cage for some reason. I don't know why Geppetto's in the cage and Pinocchio's not. Especially because Geppetto kind of likes it there. Like, he's the least flight risk of either of the two. You'd think they would put Pinocchio in a cage, not Geppetto. But then I guess Pinocchio couldn't, like move around and advance the plot (laughs) yes exactly (laughs) and pinocchio goes to see him in his cage and tells him about this apparition and he tells him that it must be the blue fairy the guardian of the forest but she's just a fairy tale (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i draw the line at fairies like (laughs) (laughs) i've turned into a living puppet but fairies aren't real. <laughs> My son was a living log that turned human, but fairies aren't real. And like <laughs> literally with this this scene too, I mean, not the Geppetto in this case is Pinocchio. Basically they say it'll be a miracle to get out and Pinocchio thinks it's impossible and Geppetto's like, he was a miracle and Pinocchio thinks that that's different for some reason. <laughs> Like, I would say that it's less of a miracle to escape from a cage than for a log to turn into a human. (laughs) And then this is where you have the scene with the lady exploding. There's a bunch of scenes at this carnival, some which serve the larger narrative and others that are basically just horror for children, (laughs) like the lady exploding. (laughs) There's a scene where Madame Flambeau is served a fresh fish which is one of the human-faced fish. This fish tank full of obviously people that have been turned into fish. (laughs) It basically looks like she's got a human head on a plate with fish fins on it. Yep, that's essentially what it is. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) She's like, oh, sushi, how exotic. (laughs) (laughs) And she's going to eat this thing alive, which is horrifying. But it jumps out the window and ends up in a barrel of beer, which is like, it's it's going to drown and die, but I guess that's preferable to be eaten alive. <laughs> I think it eventually does escape somehow. Yeah, it, it jumps out of there into a cart full of hay and just rolls away. <laughs> you're like, okay. Yeah, I think it survives, but it's like, I don't know how far it's going to get. <laughs> you know, some filmmakers use their time to advance the plot in the story. Well, I say they're <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I, 
the only thing that I think a lot of this serves is to just show you that time is passing. Because <laughs> there's just <laughs> random stuff happening through here. And yeah, you learn Geppetto is becoming accustomed to all this. He likes his new life. And then you learn that the prince is coming. The prince. <laughs> the prince is coming to watch. The prince of Florence. <laughs> what? Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, you get another scene with the fairy. More riddles. There's just a lot of stuff happening that you don't get very far yet. Until Pinocchio goes to look at the fish people <laughs> and sees a horrifying mutant kangaroo beast drowning in a tank. <laughs> Another <laughs> oh, great man, band it's name. Actually, it's actually <laughs> Lampwick, who is now a sea donkey. <laughs> For some reason, it's not explained, but okay. I feel like if I'm walking by a fish tank and I look in and I see this horrible mutilated sea <laughs> donkey, I'd just be like, Yep, that's my friend right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like he sees this horrifying monstrosity and he's like, Lampwick. <laughs> like, what what gave you the idea that this thing is Lampwick? It doesn't look anything like him, either in human or donkey form. <laughs> it's so warped and hideous. Like I said, I thought it was a mutant kangaroo. It does not look anything like a donkey. They have a connection. That's all you have to know. Uh, okay. That's the only explanation that makes yeah. sense. Their friendship Literally. is stronger yeah. than, you know, whatever. Yeah. But that's only one of the horrifying things in the tank because Pinocchio sees someone taking a fish out of the tank. He follows it to the kitchen where he basically wreaks havoc to rescue this thing that turns out to be like a child's head. With fins on it. <laughs> it's, this is like... This, it, this. I'm sure this would have given me nightmares if I'd saw it young enough. That was horrifying. <laughs> this little kid's head, but it's a fish. <laughs> well, you know, it's just a variation on uh, Little Mermaid. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I think at this point he goes to tell Geppetto about it. But Geppetto doesn't want to talk about anything other than how much he loves being a puppet. <laughs> so then he goes to find Pepe, who he doesn't know is Pepe yet. And they decide that they're going to try and get them out of there. Pinocchio is also caught here and brought to Madame Flambeau. This is where you see that she's wearing a mask. And at this point, I'm like, is she wearing her dead husband's face on purpose? <laughs> Which everything about her is messed up, but that is very messed up either way uh pinocchio wants to quit but she threatens to cook the sea donkey <laughs> and burn geppetto alive and pinocchio starts crying and she grabs a chalice and starts collecting his tears which is <laughs> hilariously dark and so dumb but hilarious and evil but hilarious i don't know why it just cracked me up like oh a crying child collect the tears in a chalice <laughs> uh, she was doing this to create another elixir because she wants him to be restored to a puppet and she promises that she will turn Geppetto and Lampwick back to human if he gives himself up to be a puppet. And he agrees, but of course, she's lying. So now he's a puppet and everybody else is still puppet and horrifying monstrosity. <laughs> <laughs> and as all of this is happening, the prince is arriving and Geppetto is being interviewed by the Chicago Daily News for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> I correct me. They're in the middle of Italy in the late 1800s, and the Chicago Daily News is is there for a puppet show, I guess. <laughs> it was a slow news day. <laughs> really? It was so slow you could fly all the way to Italy <laughs> to find news. And they were more about the international news back in the day. Uh, yeah, gotta get in those international puppet shows. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> branching out <laughs> <laughs> and you get a scene here where he lies to the newspaper about having performed for royalty so geppetto's nose grows now i guess that's just a thing with puppets <laughs> at least they're consistent with that in yeah. the inconsistencies 
So Felinae and Volpe, meanwhile, are furious that everything is going great for Madame Flambeau and that she never turned them back to human. So they hatch a plan. <laughs> and at the same time, Pinocchio realizes that she lied. Like, duh. <laughs> <laughs> and I was confused about what was happening here. I thought everyone decided to team up until I realized later they didn't. So then I had to watch this. I, li- I literally watched all of this three times to figure out what happened. <laughs> it shouldn't have been that hard. <laughs> but there was two conflicting plans going on messing each other up so feline and volpe are working together and pinocchio and pepe are working together and they switch out puppets sort of at the same time so one of them ends up with a real puppet and a fake puppet and the other ends up with a real puppet and a fake puppet and i just thought that there was like teaming up but double crossing going on so i literally watched this whole scene three times (laughs) figure out what happened so it's a double cross of a double cross of a double cross covered in whipped cream that's kind of what i thought was happening but it was simpler than that and i just i think i was writing notes at the same time and missed very brief scenes (laughs) that made things more clear (laughs) but they escape with a fake puppet pinocchio and pepe and felidae and volpe take geppetto and a fake puppet and hide them and tell Madame Flambeau that they know where they went, like they pretend that they had nothing to do with it. So they want her to turn them back to human, and they won't give her them back until she signs a contract promising to make them equal partners and fully human. So everybody doesn't have what they need, and she's mad at Felinae and Volpe because she only has one puppet although i think geppetto plays dead for a while so she thinks that she has two fake puppets that's another thing that confused me because i didn't see the very brief scene where you see geppetto's face and she (laughs) says that she has more fake puppets so i was like so why are there three fake puppets and what happened to geppetto so i kept (laughs) rewinding and trying to figure out where geppetto went (laughs) (laughs) It was very confusing how they shot it. Yeah. And, like, laid out all the information. Yes, it was not clear. It should have been more clear. I shouldn't have had to watch it three times to figure it out. (laughs) Rewatchability is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they get into the forest and realize that they've ended up where Pinocchio came from. Like, literally the exact tree where Pinocchio came from. And somehow they realized that this is what the Blue Fairy was talking about in the riddle. And I don't know how they figured that out, but okay, whatever. It makes as much sense as anything else. It's so funny. He's just like, I figured it out. And then Pepe's just like, you did. Surprise. I'm a cricket. Yes. Yes. (laughs) He just turns into a cricket. It's like. Just leave him as Warwick Davis. I like looking right. at him better. <laughs> I would, I'd like literally like yelled like, in frustration. <laughs> I'm just like, no, my favorite character in this just because it was Warwick Davis. And I was just having fun watching Warwick Davis turn into my least favorite character in the first movie. Surprise! He was never your favorite character. <laughs> <laughs> Top 10 anime betrayals right there. <laughs> Schrodinger's cat, you, uh, or Schrodinger's cricket. You <laughs> liked him until you didn't realize it was him. <laughs> yeah, the very downgraded version of Pepe who looks like a 90s direct-to-video horrifying ugly well, character. Well, it was direct-to-video. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so, perfect. <laughs> he looked wonderful. <laughs> Yeah, at this point, Madame Flambeau shows up, and they also, when they escape, they took Lampwick with them in a barrel, and he screams horrifyingly when she looks <laughs> into the cart. <laughs> like, he is pure nightmare fuel. <laughs> that thing is going to give kids nightmares. <laughs> uh, everybody is reunited, 
Geppetto laments having lost sight of what's important, and he says that Leona and he carved the heart of their love into this tree, and that love now beats in him, and that's the only thing that matters to him. And at that point, I was like, oh yeah, Leona, what happened to her? <laughs> <laughs> like, I literally forgot about her <laughs> the entire movie. It's like, oh yeah, <laughs> I thought they got married, and now she's gone. <laughs> So, Madame Flambeau ties them up. I think she says she's going to burn them alive and cook lampwick over their bodies to eat. <laughs> I mean, it's a good way to, to use all your resources. I suppose. And then, at this point, I, I guess I never mentioned, at times through the movie, you see that she has, like, a tattoo of an eye on her cheek. But in this scene, it looks like it's alive. And I was like, okay, what is going on with this eye? So they're getting this fire ready to cook them, and Pinocchio is still trying to work out the other riddles, and he realizes that the other riddles meant that there's a cave near the tree (laughs) that he once was, and then they all fall in the cave, and it's full of blue crystals. It's like, okay, this just took a weird turn. (laughs) And then Lorenzini... um, Madame Flambeau. Madame Flambeau. You spoiled the surprise. Well, this is this all happens kind of together because she reveals herself to be Lorenzini, and it's like, Ugh, okay, that's such a shock. Yep. I, like, why did this need to even be a twist? It was a twist. I mean, I guess it's sort of surprising because, like, how did he even turn back to human in the first place? It's such a shock. But like, why does he get to be human? And Felony and Volpe only get to be half human. But also, why does he have this eye that looks like it's alive on his cheek? It's very confusing. I don't know how any of this <laughs> works. Plus, he was always very itchy. Yeah, I don't know what was going on with that. Well, I think that's just <laughs> like because the, the, the thing that's coming was always trying to pop through. It's like Jekyll and Hyde. You know, every now and again, he had to take the elixir to, you know, because it kept wearing off. Maybe. Yeah, probably. Because what happens later, you do see like what that that tattoo of an eye on the left side of his face is. Yeah, I, I'm just I was very confused by the magic in this movie. <laughs> yeah, there wasn't a lot of rhyme or reason, especially since like the elixir was shown to be have made out of donkey water, which is supposed yeah. to make you your true self, yet not for him. He turned not his true self. Yeah, uh, nothing made sense. <laughs> I don't know. Some writers use sense in their writing, and they're all cowards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think they just kind of had an idea, wrote down the first thing, and went with it. There was not a lot of world building going on. All the world like, building was in the first one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This was like first draft, and then they're like... <laughs> We couldn't come up with any more, so that's what you get. Yeah. So anyway, everybody ends up in this blue crystal cave, and Lampwick jumps into the pool next to them and pops out a real boy, and Lorenzini sees this and realizes that this is the source of the magic water and jumps in himself, except he starts changing back into a full-on sea monster, except not quite full-on. He's like half sea monster on one side and he's got like this growing arm (laughs) it's like for some people the magic is instantaneous and for others you become like a horrible monstrosity halfway (laughs) it reflected his heart i i would say it probably reflected his heart like he was maybe at moments okay but other times he was just a terrible person so it kind of just made him very ugly because he was you know I don't know. Well, in the first movie, he literally human trafficked children into slavery and turned them into boots. So I would say he's not even partly good. Yeah, no, but he's his. Yeah, that would be my thought. That was my thought for Felinae and Volpe. And that makes sense for Felinae and Volpe because they try it later and they don't turn back. They, They stay halfway. So I'm thinking that it's supposed to be saying that they're they have moments of being okay, but that doesn't really follow through for Lawrence. No, definitely <laughs> he's, not. He's 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 just a monstrosity. Well, like, I I think too, even looking at him, he doesn't he he's like only vaguely the shape of a human. He's just 
But that's probably that's <laughs> probably the gross. thing though. Like it meant to make him a freak because he yeah. kept freaks on display, or you know, yeah, that's true. What, that would be my thought. Like you know, that way he can't go back to the ocean. He can't be amongst humans. He can't even remotely pass as anything in between. He is the textbook definition of what would be at a sideshow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's where he ends up at the end, too. So, well, until you get to the <laughs> mid credit scene, if you guys watched long enough, <laughs> <laughs> we're getting ahead of yourselves here. <laughs> yeah, so he's halfway changing back, sort of, and the blue fairy appears and says, do you forget what the magic waters reveal? One's true nature can't be concealed. And then all of his minions come down and start laughing uproariously at his horrifying transformation, which it's like, that's an interesting response to this horrifying <laughs> sight before you. Like, even if you don't like this guy, I would be horrified to see someone, even if I didn't like them, turning into a writhing monstrosity. <laughs> But Pinocchio and Geppetto jump in. They change back to human. Felony and Volpe try it, but they're not changed back. And then next day, Pinocchio meets a girl that I think is implied to be the Blue Fairy. I wasn't sure. Like, I think it's the same actress, but she doesn't have blue hair. She has black hair. I'm not sure what they were going for with that scene. I think that he made a connect, like, he made the whole, like, love connection thing with the Blue Fairy as this girl and then like you know how they always have the back in the 90s they would always have the one that would show up and be like hi my name is nothing like the person that you knew but i'm just like her Mm -hmm. maybe and then it's like was it really them or was it not yeah this person (laughs) has just arrived from out of town and she's attracted to pinocchio gasp and they say something that's slightly similar to the original person. And so the main character looks at him like, what? Exactly. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, that, I suppose that works for this one. And, but it, they, were, they were doing so well with making her, at least physically, like the fairy from the book. But now she's definitely not. Because in the book, she was at times basically his sister and at times basically his mother, which... You shouldn't be dating that that, that character in this <laughs> oh, case. Just a Leia and Luke situation, you know, whatever. <laughs> Spoilers, by the way. <laughs> well, yeah, so they go to the carnival, and the cricket is still the carnival barker, but now in cricket form. <laughs> okay. To our horror and disappointment. <laughs> yeah, it would be so much better if he just stayed in human form. If he has that ability, just do that. Yeah. He should have just like did a cheeky went and been like, Pepe, yeah. haha, get it, get it. <laughs> that and would have been it. so much better. Well, and how can a cricket like actually be heard? You know? He had a bullhorn. Well, that like, makes everything better. Wasn't he technically dead in the first movie? Yeah, that True. too. <laughs> and then now he's in a living human, but not because he's actually a living cricket, I think. Or is he still a ghost cricket? Like I said, with a bunch of other things, I think that they just had an idea and ran with the first thought in their head. I don't think that they (laughs) thought much of this movie out. They were just like, that's a good idea. Write it down. And then kept going. They were just making the movie and then they just bumped into Warwick Davis and they're like, oh my gosh, you want to be in our movie? (laughs) You're cheaper than CGI. (laughs) And at the carnival, you see Lorenzini locked in a cage. He's laughed at by the carnival's audience for his grotesque sea monster appearance. It's like, I would not be laughing. I would be no. <laughs> revolted. <laughs> and Geppetto now works at this carnival. He, he's found his true calling. He's not the puppet anymore. He's now the puppet master. And he has this huge show that everybody loves. The prince is there. He loves the show. The (laughs) show also has disco balls for some reason. (laughs) It's like, okay. They were quite a bit ahead of their time. (laughs) Just reached 100 years into the future and pull out some disco balls. Oh, yeah. As you do. And that was basically the end, except midway through the credits, you get a scene of Lorenzini escaping his cage. (laughs) Because they didn't, like, even lock it. (laughs) 
<laughs> just with a little latch that was yeah, super easy to think, grab. I mean, he sort of doesn't have thumbs, so maybe they thought he wouldn't be able to pull on it, but I wouldn't have chanced it. <laughs> I mean, like, he had octopus legs, and as we all That's know, true, octopus yeah. are, like, the most escape artist of all creatures. Yes. So... I don't think that they put much thought into how they were <laughs> going to keep this thing in a cage. <laughs> Not really. They kind of run into the uh, the same thing they did with Masters of the Universe. They were kind of absolutely thinking, yeah, you know what? We're totally going to have another season, another uh, sequel. <laughs> I wonder if they were setting up another movie and then they just never made it. I have a Basically. feeling that this one didn't sell very well because nobody even knows it exists. <laughs> so... Whatever they were setting up never turned into anything. Yeah, I think it was just wishful thinking. They're like they made let us make two, so obviously they'll let us make a third, right? So yeah, that's the new adventures of Pinocchio. They didn't seem that much different than the old adventures of Pinocchio. I don't know. I thought it was quite different. <laughs> <laughs> well, this specific one. Uh, yeah. All in all, I'd have to say it's kind of mid-tier of the Pinocchios that I've seen. <laughs> well, look at the other ones. You had the, the Disney remake. You had the Polly Shore one. Yeah. You had it's the, not the a high two... bar you have to meet to be watchable. <laughs> yeah, that's like saying, well, he didn't stare at a giant pile of horse poop. He didn't have like a terrifying CGI cricket. Um, He wasn't Polly Shore. <laughs> I don't know. He didn't turn into Jonathan Taylor Thomas at the age of like 16. So, you know, it's, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't think Pinocchio has an extremely good track record as far as adaptations go. It's been made and remade so many times that from what I've read, I haven't watched all of them, of course, because there's so many. From what I've read, there's not very many good ones. So you don't have to try too hard to make something that's watchable. And I think that they made things that were watchable <laughs> with these movies. I like the Jonathan Taylor Thomas one mostly out of nostalgia, but this one was fine in a bizarre, horrifying kind of way. <laughs> <laughs> like, I probably won't ever watch it again, but I didn't hate watching it like I have with some other horrible versions. <laughs> it was entertaining to just have my jaw drop at every time something else extremely bizarre and horrifying happened, <laughs> like a lady exploding to death and a horrifying mutant kangaroo monstrosity shows up <laughs> drowning in a fish tank. <laughs> so yeah two and a half stars out of five <laughs> hey you know what it's not the worst score a movie has ever gotten and it wasn't Polly Shore and it wasn't uh, yeah I, I think that sounds about right so I take that half star off for turning Warwick Davis into a horrible scene yeah I take off a whole star for that that's true it's like that's just like a sin <laughs> yeah nobody puts Warwick Davis in the corner or in the CGI they really should have just kept him like even they they made so many other bizarre changes to the lore of the first movie yeah I don't think dropping Pepe the cricket and just having Warwick Davis be a totally different character would have hurt the movie in fact I think it would have helped it a lot or he could have just like been like I was Pepe, and then he like does a little spin and like transforms and that gets too. like a top hat and like an extra pair of arms. <laughs> but they're Actually, like, I would have liked that. Yeah, they're like goofy, like you can tell they're not real, but like they're just kind of hanging off. <laughs> I guess that will be the end of our discussion on all things '90s live action Pinocchio. Until the next one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there probably no, are other ones we could talk about. I just haven't found them yet. <laughs> They'll find you. <laughs> probably. The, actually, literally, they probably will <laughs> the next time I start searching <laughs> for Pinocchio versions. Do you guys want to let people know where they can find you if they want more from you? Nikki? 
Uh, you can find me here on YouTube at Trivial Theater. I do a wide array of random, obscure, and straight-up bad movies. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at Trivial Theater. Okay, and Katie? And you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Katie Draws Things, where I draw things, and sometimes I post bad pictures of my animals. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I cannot take normal pictures of my animals. It's like, oh, they're both being so cute. Like, my cat was sleeping, like, in a little bag. I was like, that is so adorable. And I went to take a picture, and he just, like, dashed at my face. So I was like, <laughs> he's got, like, this giant head. And I'm just like, thank you. Thank you for that. That sounds like amazing content for the internet. <laughs> yes. That's con- that, is, that, is, uh, that is classic cat behavior. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, until next time. Thanks for listening to every version ever. If you like what you've heard, make sure to subscribe on your preferred podcast platform or to our YouTube channel. Make sure to follow my co-hosts as well, and if you want more content from us, check out one of the other podcasts in the iHeartMovies podcast network, or check out my brand new Patreon. My link tree, as well as any other relevant links, will be in the description. We'll be back soon with another brand new episode, so thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>